Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast, where each week we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. We're bellying up to the bar tonight to talk about one of my favorite things, which is a chance to laugh, guffaw, ha ha ha, any of those. Th- I thought I actually had a laugh track. I guess I don't. I thought I had a laugh track. Let me see if I, uh, nope, I don't have a laugh track. I do have a bunch of other tracks, but I don't have a laugh one. That's funny to me. Hmm. That's weird. Of all the things I got <laughs> on here, but we're going to talk about all those things and joining us with, with us tonight is a stand-up comedy entrepreneur a entertainment spirit a uh a lover of all things wild and entertainment a, a different card <laughs> out of the deck look steven none of this shit is written down i just come up with it all those different <laughs> joining us from parts unknown but at least it looks sunny wherever he he's at we have mr steven harrison <laughs> and as long as you well, you <laughs> That's more That's accurate more. for <laughs> my look. <laughs> so what's up, brother? How are things going? What's going on, man? Uh things are good. I'm out in uh uh now cool Charlottesville, Virginia. I definitely was not saying that about an hour and a half ago as I was mowing grass up to my ankles, but it has everybody down, I think, because the weather's just so hot right now everywhere. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I'm so used to it out here, but the, it's if you're not used to southern humidity, it's a different kind of thing, which is, it's I guess, Virginia, as some people don't call it the south, but it's middle ground. It definitely. South of Maryland. Has, Maryland's the Mason-Dixon line border there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what people are talking about. Well, well, let's get our house clean and done, and then we're going to get into it. Steven and I, we're going to be talking about comedy, getting into entertainment, and actually get your thinking cap on, because two weeks ago, we had on a gentleman who wrote two books on AI, and then we've got the SAG strike going on right now, which is a big part of it, and I want to talk, get your thoughts on comedy and AI and all the, all those kind of things, so let's get our house cleaning done. Well, this is, you're not a, you're, what, what the hell ever name the dead skins, the commanders. You're not one of those fans, are you? Are you no, former commanders, a Redskins fan? Yeah. Well, did you see that they're looking to change the name of them again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's change that again. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm so, I'm very used to all that talk because I actually also grew up a Miami Hurricanes fan because my best friend's from Florida. And, I thought that for years with the Seminoles, I was like, at some point they might go after them. And now we're at that point where nobody seems safe. Well, that's a whole thing. We, the, the Seminoles actually, the, the tribes down there protected them and saying, no, they honor us. They do it the right way. We're, we're good with this. So yeah, they're, they're supposedly safe. But the reason I brought that is over my right shoulders are big board for sticker and a cause. You see that big Ravens, right? Uh, for sticker and a cause. If you've got something you support, something you believe in, something that, that you're all about, 
let let us know. You reach out to me on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. I'm about done with TikTok because TikTok in the middle of a live knocked me off and said I violated community guidelines. But when I looked, it didn't tell me what guideline I violated. And I wasn't doing anything. We were actually talking about uh, white dog whiskey. And then we were talking about AI and comedy, nothing else. And it just, you violated community guidelines. I'm so done with that. Like TikTok and I, and these community guidelines, they can stuff them dead in their ass. I'm so done with community guidelines. Uh, I'm just over it. But, and that's another thing. How do you do comedy with community guidelines? Um, But if you reach out to me on any one of those platforms, we'll go ahead and I'll give you the address where to send that sticker. We'll put it up here on the big board. And you'll get some free advertising. We got, look, yes. we got Tim in the tub. If you can see that one, that's another comedian <laughs> from Montana. Uh, he reads books in his bathtub. That's one of his things. Don't ask me. He sits on, <laughs> on, on like Instagram and reads books in a bathtub. Completely naked with a tub full of water. Uh, very really odd. Going in on the George Costanza lifestyle right there. All, all in. So make sure you reach out to us. But also that being said, uh, I see your windows are are naked there, uh, Steve. Do you like Steve or Steven? Oh, yeah, man. I Steven, definitely just as good as Steve. Oh. I, I never really, you know, I didn't have a preference until college. And, the, and I didn't have a choice then because everybody was going with Steve. Gotcha. Well, <laughs> well, Steve, you know, I see your, your windows are naked. And you might want to reach out to our sponsors, which are Budget Blinds of East Greenbush and Budget Blinds of Hudson and Kitsaki, New York. Koksaki, New York. You can reach out to them whether you're looking for stylish solar shades, energy-saving cellular blinds, or sustainable wood shutters. Budget Blinds has has you covered, and they can bring an eco-friendly beauty into your home. Are you an eco-friendly kind of guy, Stephen? Been doing the, the solar panels for a long time. I remember my friend's dad putting them in about a decade ago, and I was like, oh, this is this is here to stay. And that it is. Well, if you contact your your budget blinds of East Greenbush or budget blinds of Hudson and Kuksaki and let them know that you're you're looking for environmentally conscious choices, they're going to be able to help you out and together create a beautiful, greener future. And they are currently running a special. If you tell them that you're there to belly up to the bar, you let them know that this is what you're looking for. They're going to give you a 25 percent discount off your entire order. So go ahead and reach out to budget blinds of Hudson and Kuksaki, New York. Yes. Everybody's showing up. Big Nate says, uh, washing red, red wolves. You think that's what they're going to go with the Washington red wolves. I think it would be so stupid. He says he accepts your hurricanes and what's up, Eric. Hey, Eric, yesterday I made from squash in my garden and garlic from my garden. I made roasted garlic squash with olive oil and Italian seasoning. Oh, Oh. (laughs) and it was super easy. Super easy. Like I'm doing the same thing. I had squash two nights ago. It's oh god, it is the, the it might be my favorite thing, strangely enough, in the summertime, which that's no shortage of farmland around here. So that's but squash was something I didn't really like when I was a kid, and yeah. I've never really been particular about food in general. It's as long as it's not moving anymore, no pulse. Yeah, so Oh, he did the spaghetti squash with tons of olive oil and garlic over in smoked chicken thighs. I'm loving it, bro. Oh. He's one of my cooking buddies. But uh, I'll tell you, I'll give uh, 
Welcome to Cooking on the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. Uh, I'll give away one of my favorite recipes. And being down south, you can definitely make this one. So you get yourself um, squash, preferably if you can find starburst squash, which are the circle ones, because uh, they don't have a lot of seeds in them. Mm-hmm. Those, um, sun-dried tomatoes, um, collards, and... Uh, doggone um bacon you fry the bacon up set it off to the side mm. you cook the squash and the collards in the bacon grease finish it off with a little bit and while you're cooking it you put some parmesan cheese on it finish it off inside of the pan with the bacon cut up and then scissor cut your um sun-dried tomatoes also they get warmed up inside with the collards and everything you need the the vinegar the apple cider vinegar for the collards uh, and then put those all inside of a pan. So you have yellow, green, and red in the pan and then finish it off mm-hmm. topping it with uh, a little bit of Parmesan cheese. I'll be watching this back in 24 hours, listening to this recipe as I go. Oh yeah. You got, I mean, it's, it's well worth it. That's why I said fried squash. I love fried fried squash with Old Bay. I've never done that one. Nate. I would try that. Well, I love me some Old Bay. And then, yeah, dude, that's money. Like, we don't do enough collards up north. People are scared of collards up north. They they don't know the value of a good set of collards. Yeah, that really. I mean, around here, I'm far enough inland where I know that I, the only options for my seafood experience are going to be either out of Virginia or if I go to Virginia Beach, which I never I never had anything against it growing up. I just didn't go there a lot. I, I grew up going down to um, Myrtle Beach because my parents enough, yep. met when they went to South Carolina to, you know, down in um, Columbia. And the, I would always just try different stuff out. And I had cousins in Boston, so I got to go do their seafood market, too. And just I'm very blessed to have been able to go to all these places because I did a lot of traveling when I was younger and try these foods. But the south is really yeah i mean in every place i think you have to go and you know learn about it locally but every place is going to have its mark oh, somehow yeah. albany is tiny hot dogs these little tiny hot dogs on yes little, tiny, on little tiny buns with like mm-hmm. a with a meat sauce on them and then collar you know absolutely we were look bro we were in the cape last all last week i know you were in maine and we were in the cape all last week and Everybody thinks they got the, the best lobster roll. Uh, and that's another one. Like for another show, we'll have to talk about lobster roll, butter or mayonnaise. That's a whole thing right there. Uh, but let's get into what we really wanted to talk about, which was, so you do this whole comedy thing, guffaw, guffaw, make people laugh. So you think you're a funny yeah. <laughs> But But you do, Steve. How long have you been doing comedy? I started, you know, I, I guess I would have to mention all the, people that I was influenced by, but that'd take too long. And so it just, I don't think I ever really, I loved playing music as a kid. Cause I started playing a bunch of different stuff when I was five years old. And I noticed that I could make people laugh at a fairly young age, not long after that. And so just kind of, as I got older into my teenage years, I started to write some things down occasionally, but I really didn't have I don't know what it was. It was just putting the ideas together took a little while until I was like, you know, well into college years and 23, 24. That's when I 
first remember getting out there. And I remember some interview I saw with Bill Burr where it, I got confidence with it because he said, you know, oh, I didn't get into it, you know, until I was 25. And, you know, it, it's true. You can, with anything, you can get into it as late in life as possible. I mean, I look at, at Rodney Dangerfield, I guess, for my, what I do as an example of, he really didn't break through until he was like in his late forties. And you could tell he was kind of irritated by it. And that's what drove us so much of his act, I guess. That's the no respect side to it. I get no respect. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, I remember hearing uh, just this heckler compilation and it was George Carlin, somebody heckling him. And I mean, I could hear the anger in his voice with that because it's one of those things where I guess it's just, you know, like he was having a, it's my time moment. Mm -hmm. And I felt good about that. Always. I felt like if I could put a stand up act together, I would be able to have my own thing going up there on stage and it's worked out well. And it kind of fell into podcasting. I was sort of a lost generation because when I graduated high school in 2011, different world, even from today, because it's and that's around when iPhones or uh, smartphones started to come out and I, there was Vine existed. So there was you know kind of stuff like TikTok today and that world just progressed to where it was like radio. What the hell is that? All of a sudden, you know, all these you have fields that are just technologies literally wiping them out. And so I was kind of like grew up driving to DC, listening to Howard Stern and, yes, you know, absolutely. Spike TV. And so Grease, Grease Man. Yeah, man. It's it just, it's Nino Grease Manelli. Oh man. That, That's a very DC. Like you got to be around the DC area to know. Different Nino. world. And yeah. That man. I, I mean, going to that city, there was so much culture there to where it was, you know, but I had also grown up going to New York City and all these places to where I said, I'm going to get into stand up and try and hit big markets because that seems to be where action is. And it was very because I the first time I ever did stand up was in Charlottesville, Virginia, and oh. I bombed completely in front of a UVA crowd, which was that night I remember seeing my friend like right after it and he could tell I was a little bit like I was irritated and I just remember thinking you know life is going to go on and I learned a valuable lesson that it's the crowd's always going to be different but if you're up there and you're comfortable with yourself that's something that's going to make the crowd comfortable and I I know I'm not the first comic especially on a podcast who said that you know comedy 101 advice but it's true that you find your place and i guess i always just had i don't know what it is but my brain can hold facts like crazy like i can tell you every super bowl winner ever and and that kind of stuff and just that's where podcasting came in is I started to get into these ideas of like, I'd like to have this person on and this person, whether a musician or commentators, comics, activists, or religious, I'll have the, uh, the Jesus freaks, the Jehovah's whoever. Love them. <laughs> so, so you start, what year was that when you went to and did the comedy in, in Charlottesville? What year was that? 
That was 2017, and then I started Wildcard Arts and Entertainment. It's just naturally I figured people would call Wildcard Entertainment for short, but that's my company that I established to have so I can host events myself with, you know, if I wanted to do a festival, I could just have it through me do, and I, that's something I've been working on is I have live shows that I'm going to be doing at the end of the year with some pretty get, cool guest lists going for featured comics. And I've been looking forward to it because it's going to be in the New York area. This is exclusive drop in the dates right now, but it's, I'm looking into early on in the winter time. So it's, a, that was just the idea. I guess when I started the entertainment company is like, I'll have a name on this and I'll look at it as I don't have limits to what, I'll feature on my page and it's, it's been interesting because I grew up before there was the podcast. I saw it for the first time in high school when I was 16 on an iPod nano, I was like, what is a, a podcast? Just another an unearthly idea. But I had been watching that kind of stuff for years, like back in the, you know, the, even before I was born in the eighties with Burt Sugarman doing the Midnight Special, that's a name drop right there. That kind of stuff, you know, and Johnny Carson. And it was like, let's let's just, you know, comedy will kind of be my, what I'm known for. But I'm, I have an open mind with all these events. And it's really, you know, it's taken off. Obviously, COVID in the middle was nuts for so many reasons. But... Uh, that's been fun is to kind of like realize in that time, okay, if there's so much of the world is online now, how can I use that to my advantage? Now that it makes absolute sense you know, to, to have the entertainment company and to get it. But I, I want to stick with the comedy for, for just a, a moment in your, your comedy career. So you started that in 2017. You said you bombed like I, oh, yeah. I hear comedians talk about it. Like it's the most brutal thing. And I can remember, you know, whether you like her or not, Roseanne is an influential comedian. She's definitely changed her career around from early Roseanne to today. Uh, she She's much angrier. Like I saw a thing the other day where she, <laughs> it was like a, a short clip. She's like yelling about jet. She's like, gender, your gender is get a fucking job. Like just freaking out. And I'm like, okay. <sighs> you know, like she's just very angry. But I can still remember an early interview with her where she was like, look. I just looked at my sister the entire time. And if she laughed, I was fine. I didn't know anybody else was in the room. My sister came to all my shows. She laughed. I was good. I stayed with that. Knowing that it sounds like your buddy went and watched you do stand up. Here you are. You bombed, you bombed at it. What was it that made you go? Okay. I sucked at it today. Open mic next week. I'll be back. What made you think that it was still okay to go back and go do it? I guess at that time, I will admit I was a little bit stubborn because I had watched enough comedy to where, like you mentioned, Roseanne, the first time I saw her, I think was on the sitcom, but I saw her do stand up too on an old VHS tape where I saw, you know, Sam Kennison for the first time doing, speaking of Dangerfield, again, doing Dangerfield's the comedy club in New York. And I watched them kind of you know just at, at that stage you know it when i 
first saw that it was age 11. So it's been, you know, 20 years since then, but I don't, I guess just, I had this idea that there was sort of a language that comedians speak, but I didn't appreciate enough of like why I was funny. I think it, I bombed because I didn't have my idea down. Whereas I kind of went in thinking like, Oh, I'm just going to talk to the crowd, insert my joke here. And that's a big part of my act is I, I have this memory that it's kind of a test to myself to go up there and have not, I'm not saying I won't use notes. I haven't done it before, but I don't really anymore go up there even with my phone. Like I try and have it to where I know in 30 minutes almost on my, just off of my memory. And that's, you know, I, it, it takes so much work because it's, I, that night, I think I was definitely looking at it like I'm going to just speak to these people. And that's sort of where the podcast came in. And I was like, all right, these are two different avenues of where I got to go up here and you got to kind of control a crowd. You don't have to as a comic, but it it makes the show better if you can do that. And absolutely, it, you know, when you're on at home on your laptop or whatever you're using StreamYard, or so, you're it's different because 100%. you could write down ideas that you have before you go into a podcast and God, that's somebody like, you know, I, I'm not trying to be rogan because just that's, that's a crazy amount of stimulation. I feel like, and that's sort of the, with me, I, I like, I appreciate my time writing for sure. Getting to a quiet place because I used to, when I first started out, I kind of wanted more chaos to see what it was like in tried rooms that my friends were not doing. You know, like I did a show in Atlanta and I, I some comics were asking me like, you know, oh, I just never thought about going down to that market. You know, how was that? And it was one of the most fun shows I ever could have done. So I was just from then on out sort of willing at that time to go anywhere and I have a knowledge of comics from just growing up watching TV. You know, I remember being in high school watching VHS in the middle of the night with Richard Pryor <laughs> live on the Sunset Strip and Comedy Central had those short half hours. That's where I first saw Bill Burr speaking to him. So oh, yeah. I, I, I want to give myself the credit that I'm resourceful. <laughs> well, I, I can hear some of the comics that, that you're referencing that definitely a, a particular style when you, when you talk about them now as you're getting into this did you did you say hey you know you mentioned bill burr a couple of times where you like hey i i like his very um he's like i think his comedy as a very matter of fact kind of stuff like i watched his recent special it was it red rock i think it was and he was very matter of fact about most of the stuff he says like hey you know he gets into the whole thing about feminists and he's like Hey, you know, name me a, name me a WNBA player, and they're all like, eh. "He's like, yeah, exactly." It's it, that's exactly yeah. It, you know, did you like that or because I can remember? So my comedy era, I'm I'm a little older than you are, uh, not much, just 16 years. Um, <laughs> but you know, my my era was watching Ro- Roseanne on TV. Uh, Dangerfield had a actual uh, special where he would bring up comedians. I can remember when Def Comedy Jam 
you look forward to it coming on Saturday nights and, and oh. watching those live as they, you know, that night as they happen. But those were very different uh, comedians because we also still had guys like uh, Carrot Top, Emo Phillips, who were, I don't think they could do comedy today. There was a guy that I, I wish somebody could remember him. He did an entire set. And at the end of every one of his sets, he had a he had three by five note cards. And his whole thing was a note card that said this. And he go, he'd set it on the table. Go, how'd this get on the table? What's this doing over there? And he would just do a word and drop a note card somewhere. <laughs> and he would have the word it. How'd it get over there? It's right there on your tits. And he would just do this whole thing like this. Now that's a very different, like wordplay comedy and, and, and those things. Since you've been doing this since you were 25, so we're talking six years now. Um, do you think, you know, somebody's out there right now and they're thinking like, hey, I like that silly kind of comedy or that wordplay kind of stuff. Because that's even uh, Carrot Top was that kind of a guy or Paulie Shore. They were those kind of people. Do you think they could do comedy today or it has that type of comedy? Is it done? Yeah, that it's very interesting to see where a lot of these comics today, like I, I for instance, I keep seeing a lot of um, paid advertising on Instagram that has these comedy clubs that are featuring um, like Janine Garofalo is a name that's, Huge. and I, it's crazy to see them. Like when I was a kid, they were something in movies, but they've always been doing clubs mm -hmm. and keeping there. And I guess that's just what was so fascinating about the nineties to me was really, that was the last time I think where cable television was just dominating everything into the two thousands. But that was also a time where there were, comedians who were sort of like that was a time where the world was definitely changing because there were shows like in living color and i i think that Polly shore kind of he played it right being on mtv and getting his name oh, yeah. out the way he did but it's you know like with carrot top i guess i i've always looked at him as sort of you know him and um, Jeff Dunham, they're sort of extensions of that time in the 60s where there were the in 50s, the comics who would go out there in their suit and tie, they'd have the ventriloquist dummy, you know. But that's it, also branches into it, just depends on what you like. But Rodney Dangerfield, you know, he memorized 200 jokes, and I could kind of see that. There, with a guy like I always reference as one of my favorite comics, Norm McDonald. Norm was great. I think he could kind of see things in Hollywood in that time, you know, in the 90s, especially changing to where it was, you know, like the slapstick movies, like uh, Meatball. And yeah, those are done. You, I don't think you yeah. could do that. like, and I loved all the meatballs and the porkies, Cannonball yeah, yeah. Run. <laughs> Uh, National Lampoons, yeah. National Lampoon. Like, mm. I, you know, I don't like the closest I've seen to anyone that does that is Sasha Baron Cohen. And 
we I was just telling people if you've never seen the movie's brother the movie Brothers Grimsby, it is absolutely one of the funniest movies I've ever watched. And the shit that goes down in that movie, it's like <laughs> like it makes sense that when they they when he was advertising that movie, he's like, I can't show any clips from it. And they were like, What? They were like, What? He's like, I can't. And it was crazy because uh, he also. Do you remember um, Matt Lauder? Matt Lau- the yeah the um the, the good morning, morning yeah. It, he handcuffed himself to Lauder when they were advertising that he he's like he's like this will be he's like come on we'll just do some stuff he's like dude you're not gonna handcuff yourself and you could see him getting mad he was like like legit mad he was like ah it'll be funny like it's a it's a trick it's a magic trick watch it he's like and finally he's like all right fine he's like. Yeah, he and he's like, ta-da! And he's like, where's? He's like, oh, I don't have the key. I thought it was gonna work. And loud, like, pissed, pissed. <laughs> but like, That's the perfect guy to do that too. But keep the door unlocked with that. Uh, definitely unlocked. unlocked. God, because that's just when I hear his name, I think about being in. Middle school, my sister went to New York and actually did the the Good Morning America. All standing outside and everything. Standing, yeah, in everything. And I just, I don't know, with Matt Lauer, I always was, I got this vibe from him for sure that was a little, uh, eh, I could never tell if he was, but he always seemed like a, just so, I don't know, like a little bit narcissistic. And then when oh, yeah. all that came out, I was like, good lord that is but it's definitely you know i give it to somebody yeah like sasha cohen who really knows i think he kind of was you know like him and will ferrell work because they could sort of see that trolling was going to become a bigger thing in, in comedy for sure sort of like the way andy kaufman did with his time i don't think anybody was thinking about it the way that it personally, I mean, I don't know if there will be anything close to what Andy Kaufman was again. Different. God, it, I mean, he, he, that guy definitely showed me that there's a different way of doing it always. And he did things that, you know, even today you couldn't do like planting, <laughs> like planting a guy in the audience to argue with and, oh, like, yeah. and get ready to get into a fist fight with the guy. And just, just because you want to watch the entire audience cringe at like, oh my God, he's going to fight this guy. What's about to happen? Man, that's uh, I, I know the one you're talking about because there's a, a clip with, it's funny enough, I just this morning was watching the one of the newest um, comedians in Cars, the Jerry Seinfeld you know, when he gets coffee with these people, um, coffee in cars or comedy in cars or something like that. I always butcher the name. Yeah. But he had Michael Richards on, which was just, you know, like sort of a hello friend kind of thing. Cause he was in my household in the nineties. Always. My parents watched every episode of Seinfeld, but he was in, uh, in that clip of when Andy Kaufman got into a fight with Jack Burns and he threw the, you know, they were doing the TV show and he was pranking everybody and he 
like pretended that he was going along with it up until the end. And he was like, no, 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 no. And just messing with everybody. It, it's, I've never seen somebody just kind of use life as his canvas because he even said at, at back in that time that he wanted to, like he'd be comfortable if he could do small shows and not even, he didn't even care about TV. That's just so, I, I'm impressed by how much of an F that guy did not give. <laughs> so, so you kind of mentioned, you know, you, you're working different rooms now. You, you've done kind of the wild space, but I think a lot of people, you know, they think they're funny. They think they could do comedy, but they, or they think they could write a joke. And, you know, I'll reference that. What there's a show on uh prime, the magnificent Miss Something, uh, uh, where she's a female stand-up comedian, and at the beginning of that show, they're all like all these guys get up on stage and they're doing comedy acts, but they're just repeating, um, what the hell is his name? Um, he used to have the show. Um, it was where he was like, "This is my brother Daryl, my other brother Daryl." Yeah, Bob Newhart. Uh, yeah, they were all. Love- oh yeah. yeah. They were all just repeating Bob Newhart albums up on stage and they weren't doing any real comedy. What, you know, and I I referenced that only because, you know, I I think truly writing material and keeping it fresh and keeping it new, that's, that's gotta be a brutal process unless you've got truly like just a crazy life, like a Burt Kreischer to me, just, he's a guy that absorbs craziness around him and, if folks, and if you don't know who Bird is, go look him up. If you've ever seen the movie uh, Van Wilder, Van Wilder is based on Burt Kreischer's life. That, oh that my god! Him, if you didn't know that, that was him in college, and uh, the exact and the producer of that was Will Smith. Legendary Will Smith. time for movies, yeah. right there. But but so for you, you know, what's your process, or what would you advise someone if they're looking to get into comedy and write j- jokes? Just I know they all have their own process, but what do you do? You're out there just to be yourself and on stage. It will show over time. You'll do enough shows to where you'll kind of, oh, I'm influenced by this person this week. And, oh, I noticed I'm listening to this person a lot more. But if you're out there and you're just, you enjoy the material you're doing and the world be damned, it's kind of with that you know, I, I don't know what you call stand up, but with doing stand up, that's kind of what it is, is you have to just have that mentality of I'm going to go out here and this is going to be my act. And you can pick up things easier than you think as you do it more. You'll be like, oh, OK, that's probably why that didn't work. You'll try and a different way the next time. And then it's just, wow, you know, that's that room that went so much better. I don't know what. It was, but you know, if, that's a big part of it. Is just you got to have, you got to be like Columbo, you know, go out and have that tenacity, keep going with these things. As, Let me ask you one more question. I've got I'm one. so sorry. I've got a um, somebody outside of my. Could you give me just one moment? Oh, you. Oh, you really do have somebody. I thought you were doing a Columbo thing. <laughs> oh no, just one more question. Go yes, ahead. I'm so sorry. I'll be right back with you. Sure. Give me just one moment. I got some noise outside of my door here. 
Well, that, let's take take us with you in case <laughs> in case you're about to be. Uh, let's take, yeah, good. If you hear, uh, if I hear you, gunshots, you, I don't know where you're at in Virginia. I don't. I can't help you. You hear the? Uh, yeah, that's definitely not my fireworks. Those are actual uh, shots in the the woods. These people are crazy out here. <laughs> oh, that's even. I didn't even hear anything. That's even funnier. Wow, that's too too funny. So this is dead air right now, folks. So we're waiting for, for Steve to come back. And in the meantime, if you're still hanging out with us as we're waiting on Steve to come back, we're talking about stand-up comedy. Probably the next question I'm going to have for him is, I'm very curious of his feelings on AI with the whole entire deal with SAG uh, right now, the the strike that's going on. What is his vibe on you know, how, how AI is going to affect comedy? Has he ever written a joke using AI? I was actually... Uh, on TikTok before the show started and was going to actually do exactly that till for whatever reason, TikTok kicked me off saying that I had violated some kind of community guidelines, but we're going to give it a shot here. So we were talking about jokes. So maybe I can say, right. Let's ask, ask them, right. Me a joke. About a dog written in the style of um let's see another good comedian from back in the day. so in the style what we'll do in the style of bob newhart let's see how that works out my apologies yeah about 50 percent of the time it's fireworks the other 50 percent you got all the people in the woods doing whatever they're doing <laughs> but i went through the most horrifying experience the other night when i came home and there was nothing outside just thinking I'm going to enjoy a Sunday night in silence. And all of a sudden Nickelback in the woods and <laughs> just blaring through the woods, huh? <laughs> that, that horror movie that they call 2002 rock and roll. See, I don't understand the, you know where that whole Nickelback thing comes from, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was a stand up comedian that made a joke and, and the video <laughs> went viral and everybody kind of jumped onto it. I love me some Nickelback. I don't give a shit. That poor band, man. They and that brings you, up a question, though. For, I got a question for you. So you know the SAG strike that's going on. One of the big things in the SAG strike right now is is they want protection against AI, the ability to either use their likenesses or you know if you know writing done through AI. What is your feelings as a comedian? You know, have you ever tried to feed information into AI and say, "Hey, write me a joke and see what it did." You know, I've never been, maybe it's just my technology other than like playing with amps. Uh, maybe I'm old fashioned now. I don't know what it is. I just never really been into technology like that. But enough of my friends, they told me about that stuff before that strike happened. And it's interesting because I'm dating an actress who okay. was kind of caught up in the middle of all this stuff. And We've never really, I, you know, as far as she goes, she's like me where it's just, I've never been interested in 
just anything more than the old fashioned. Let me see if I can write out a 10 minute set here. It's just, it's, it feels so good to complete one of those for a show. Okay. And it's even better when it's successful, of course, but I don't know. I guess it, it's, I can understand where people are coming from where it's, you know, we are living through, I think the second industrial revolution where kids, I remember in the early two thousands them being in school and saying, you know, a lot of, you know, just when I was like 10 years old, it was just wait till the future, just wait till this happens and this happens. And that was in 2001 or two. Yeah. I remember I took a computer class and they still had the wheel, the TV in back then to the yeah, classroom. Hundred percent. Oh, brother, it, it it's so interesting to see where this is. I don't know where it's going, but I understand it. At the same time, it's will it hurt this industry more than it will help these people? I I, I don't. I'm not sure how that's going to go, but I have a feeling that it's just with those strikes, I, I, you know, I think about who really has control from the inside and that's a, a thought of mine all the time. I mean, that, that's number one here. What the, what my thoughts have been, you know, about this whole thing. The one that prevails that I think about the most is just who are the people that are really pulling the strings with these projects and, it's so it's already strange enough to see the world changing so much. Like in 10 years ago, if somebody would have said Internet Explorer and Cartoon Network, which I just saw was announced as shutting its doors the other oh, day. Is it really? Yeah. Rest in rest in power, man, because that's that made me feel dated right there. Wow, and, I didn't know that. Ah, oh, it's and, and my girlfriend, I guess I also, you know, voice acting is that's something that I, I recommend to a lot of people who want to not only get into acting, but who have been doing it. I can't say enough to where I've done, I've acted in sketches and I've done voice acting before. And that's something to where people would be surprised how many actors are making a living off of oh, yeah. voiceovers. And that's kind of me. I guess it's just, I, I've already seen, one industry die that I was a part of with radio. So I'm trying to be optimistic and say, Hey, get out there, still work on your act, act like you're, if you show up and you're showing people that, Hey, I do this for free. They're going to notice that. And that'll hopefully benefit you later in life, but don't let this strike get in the way of your keep writing. But if you're not getting paid for it, you know, look there's so many celebs who have their jobs on the side like with my girlfriend that's what she's doing is voice acting outside of just trying to book acting gigs it's the same with me i try and go and if i can do smaller shows and then do some that are gonna pay more than others as long as i'm staying busy getting paid to me as a bonus because i have other ventures that are helping me out only fans feet finder Feed that's my girlfriend's so many offers to do the feed finder. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's minor. 
God people don't want to see Hobbit, Hobbit, yet Hobbit feet. But I want to read this. Story. <laughs> I want to read this to you. You, you want to hear something? I want to read this to you, and you tell yes. me which is this. Well, so you see, this guy, let's call him Tom. Tom decides he's going to get a dog. You know, someone to keep him company, fetch the newspaper, and all that. So went to the pet store, and he, well, he came back with a dachshund. Yeah, that's the one. Those hot dog shaped dogs. Now. It's not like Tom's a tall guy. He's about average, but he has friends, and his friends can help but crack a joke or two about it. So one day his friend Jack says to him, Tom, why in the world would you choose a dog that's about a foot long and a few inches tall? Tom, with a plain, plain yet slightly confused look on his face, said, Well, Jack, I just figured I'm in a one-story house, you see, the way I figured. I need a dog that's low to the ground in case he drops something. He doesn't have too far to bend down to pick it up. And besides, he adds, he adds looking at the dachshund, I just didn't want, want to get a dog that's taller than me when it stands on its hind legs. It's bad enough lo- losing to you at poker, Jack. I didn't need to lose face, face-off challenges at home, too. <laughs> now, now, you laughed at that, brother. While you were off checking if there was a, a serial killer at your door, I typed in the chat GPT 4.0, write me a joke about a dog in Bob Newhart style. <laughs> That's what that was just now. I love that kind of. I guess maybe that's my elementary brain that loves to do that kind of stuff with the internet just for fun. Cause I, right. I, I sort of have dated to where I was there for the very beginning when they introduced the Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboard. But I, I <laughs> that's it's, I pay attention to it, you know, and that's where I'm so impressed with, like we mentioned Norm McDonald earlier. I saw this clip of um it was both bird kreischer and doug stanhope have talked about it before but what they loved about norm was just that he would go out there and he would do things obviously differently but he would he opened up a a like a pretty good size club one time by just doing a knock knock joke and you gotta love that commitment of it's so you know what it's hard to have an ego as a comic. So I'm trying to value myself here, but at the same time be like, you know, come on, I'm up here, not a judge of dick jokes (laughs) where I've got the gavel out. No, I don't take myself like I am judge, jury and executioner. It's just, I, I like to do it because I enjoy it. And you'll know if you're, faking it in life and not so much as with comedy, just in general, if there's something where your process is, I mean, it's like with writing, it changes for me in certain ways. And it has since I've started writing, but you sort of get down to the basis of it. And that's what it is, is you're just you have confidence when you go up there because you're going to have fun with people on a Friday and a Saturday night. And they, if there's 50% of the people like when Norm would do S or, you know, Dennis Miller, Chevy Chase, whoever was doing the weekend update, 
they said the best feeling all of them have said in interviews the best feeling they had was when 50 percent of the crowd would go oh and then the other 50 would be laughing their ass off at it that, that shock factor a- absolutely and, and we gotta yes. close, close the bar up here soon but i mean i definitely can see where where these things Nate, nate's got to get his his most important question in uh, do you have a go-to favorite food for after a show? Like, here's my question. I'm going to add to Nate's question. Mm. What is your bomb, like a bomb, I had a bad show meal, and what is your I just killed it meal? What What are they? <laughs> this is totally different. I love it because it instantly brings to mind uh, a story I've done. I turned into a bit on stage at, where – Usually I like to go and I'll get something unhealthy after a show. It whether I'm on the road or not, I'll do a burger. I like pizza, doing my traditional choices with that. But it's when I went to Atlanta, I remember I I drove down from Myrtle Beach. So that's about a uh it's, it's like a I can't remember. It, it was five like, hour drive at least. Something like that. I think four or five hours. Yeah. And it was through the back roads of South Carolina. And I'm I'm just flooring it because there's nobody, no cops or anything out there. Now there I regret it that, of course, because there were potholes the size of myself at five <laughs> ten. It, it, it was just and all of a sudden you're on I-20 and you're going towards Atlanta and Georgia. So I got to my hotel. I threw the bags down and I had a good time. And they, I recorded that set that night. It's at this club called laughing skull. And I finished up and I remember that was where I got my intro to hard Southern rain because it rained from the right after I got out of my show to when I left Atlanta and I, it didn't stop until I was in North Carolina the next day in Asheville. But I still remember it was a Tuesday night, so it occurred to me as I'm driving through this rain, I'm like, wait a minute, it's 11 o'clock at night. Who's even open for food right now? So I got back close to my hotel, and there was a gas station of where I, I just broke down at that point because every grocery store was closed to where I went. I'm just going to get the cheap food tonight, and you know, I'll get my compliment. I'm supposed to get a complimentary breakfast the next day. So I walk into this gas station and there's actually a Chinese restaurant in there. So I'm kind of, I don't know how to feel about it. Cause I'm like the delivery driver just ran and pumped gas. And all of a sudden he's got the orange chicken. He's pulling <laughs> out of the, and I still remember I got a, a shrimp sandwich and I brought it back to my hotel and I was happy going to bed. Cause I was like, ah, oh, well, you know, okay, I'll have some food that I can just grab for lunch and it'll be a quick morning right. you know i have to be out of the hotel but i still wanted to go down and get my eggs and bacon in the morning and i went to the hotel breakfast and i still remember there was a, this uh, it was a black gentleman it was probably like in his 50s something like that who was in the um the hotel kitchen and it was just us two and we're going to i'm thinking like you know i'm getting the perfect hangover food and I see him walk in at the same time as me. And all there is is plain Cheerios and dry white toast. And he just looked at me and we both just let out a, a belly laugh, lit up the whole 
<laughs> we had the whole lobby echoing for how loudly we were laughing. He's just like, this is a bullshit ass breakfast. And just absolutely walked I away. Mean, I mean, you're talking about how, did, how well did you do with gas station shrimp at 11 o'clock at night that you didn't shit through the eye of a needle? Oh God. It, <laughs> like you get, get the poo sweats just thinking about that. I got up and I, I remember, yeah, the they were knocking on my door to try and do the house cleaning. I was like, first of all, you're going to have to give me another day, but you're going to want a, a rest day with how much I'm doing to this bathroom right now before you even try to approach it. <laughs> De- decimating everything that's in here. So on top of to- beer, <laughs> beer shits, it's, it, it mixes like up here in New York uh, coming up. But you said those are in December. You said December. So it looks like December, right? I, I think it's around the first, second week of okay. the month. And I'm talking actually today as we speak to uh, the people involved with those. But it's going to be cool. Um, I've got a couple comedians that I know who are in that, like in New Jersey or New York, who just offered to headline these things. Some of them are connected like to the uh, Gas Digital Network, which has, you know, a bunch of comics who have been on Joe Rogan and um, oh. guys who are connected to Howard Stern, you know, so there's, it's going to be entertaining and yeah. And looking to host it in, if it all goes well, it's going down in Brooklyn at a new club. So that's just why I can't really plug a location yet is because right. the doors have not opened. Makes perfect sense. What else you got going on? If, if somebody wants to see you, Steve, they wanted to catch you. Obviously, you, you've got the wild card entertainment on Instagram. You have wild card, the wild card comedy on Instagram. Where else can they find you and, and connect with you? Right, which is if you like comedy sketches, I have those on my YouTube at the same name at wildcard ENT. It's just the only difference with Instagram is it's actually entertainment is spelled out, but that's the tag at wild uh, WC entertainment online um if you're looking for me um so at wc arts entertainment to be official but i'll put out uh my podcast on wherever you're streaming at i used to do uh, i do a new podcast now called the post game podcast which is a sports show i do every monday but it's live on instagram it was live on youtube at one point but now i just i do it live there every week and I've already done like 12 episodes of something like that that are on um, on Spotify or wherever you get podcasts. And there's also my main show called The Lights Go Down podcast, which is at LGD podcast. And I'm doing stand up this summer coming up. Um, there's going to be I was planning to be on a trip with my girlfriend originally this year going to Colorado at this time in August, but now that's a bit scratched for the moment. So I'm doing, um, there's going to be dates in DC coming up. Um, I'm going to be there, uh, next week, actually, uh, it's this thing called, uh, double X comedy and there will be, um, that's hosted at, I always get the name. It's a, a coffee shop show which i'm looking forward to and taking my girlfriend up to um up north i'm going to show her new jersey and new york um i'm going to try and do a set in 
Philadelphia coming up, and there will be one in Baltimore as well. Where your bulletproof yeah. vests, both places. Yes, but it, uh, when you go to Baltimore, it's uh, make Start sure there's parking in a well lit area because it's up, man. That's that's my that's my 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 stomping grounds. Be walking to Zissimo's is the club um, that I. I'm supposed to spend a weekend up there. There's a festival I'm doing called the um, Ellicott City Festival. Ellicott. It's pronounced Ellicott City. Is it Ellicott City? It's just pronounced Ellicott City, not Ellicott. It looks like it should be Ellicott, but it's just like, pronounced Ellicott City. Yeah, like a, um, like Chevrolet. I remember my dad correcting me as a kid on that, and he's like, "No, it's the T is and the E are silent." Uh, it's just Ellicott City. Or the the T is silent, I should say, but the yeah, that I'm supposed to be there coming up in August, and um, as long as that's still going down, I I can't I want to say August 24th that'll be, but I'm butchering dates right now. I will be at Zissimo's is the other place I'll be at, which you might have heard of, um, bar that has a comedy club at the top of it called the Lou Costello Room because he used to perform there. Why not? And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I have, I took that was the first time my um my girlfriend had been up to Maryland and she got to see me perform there at Zissimo's. And it, it's a great room. I'm telling you, it's a lot of fun uh, to go and do these. But yeah, and then these shows coming up at the end of the year are going to be um, featuring me as the host, and then there will be an opener and the main performer. I'm excited. I haven't been to New York in so many years and Philadelphia actually. Yeah. It's, I hadn't gone to that since I was 13 up until this summer. So it's a, uh, needless to say different world up there, but I'm looking forward to it and check out new podcast every Monday at 4 PM. I'm live on Instagram at L O T P pod official. And at LGD podcast, dropping episodes uh, every month, just trying to stay as busy as possible with this cluttered head of mine. Well, that, that's awesome. Again, folks, go, go check out everything for for Wild Card Comedy, Wild Card Entertainment, Wild Card Ian, ENT. And as I tell everyone, if you're finding Steve through us or us through Steve, take a moment, give a, those podcasts that five star rating. I know it sounds cliche. I know you're like. Hey, my, my yes. kids, my kids shows on, on their things like follow and share. Well, guess what? We appreciate when you do do those like follow and share. It means something. It's how the algorithms work. It's how we find each other. You know, if you go look, I follow his his YouTube page. He follows my YouTube page. Just those little yes. kind of things. Those numbers go up. We all find each other that way. The algorithms, you know, I'm currently listening to the book Scythe. Cause I listen to books when I'm writing. So the thunder, so the thunder mine or thunder brain or whatever it is, cause it's not the cloud. It's the thunder thunder mine in there because the AI has uh, become conscious. It's actually very good. Scythe highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, so my kid turned me on that. I made him listen to Dune and Dune Messiah. <laughs> I made him listen to sixties uh, sci-fi. So he hooked me up with a much more modern sci-fi. So make sure you give him those likes, follows five stars, uh, if you're if you've got those stickers, make sure again, reach out to us, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram, Face, everything is the Above the Bar podcast. As always, I didn't get to do it towards the beginning of the show. Thank you to our, our whiskey sponsor. Uh that's New Scotland Spirits. 
uh, I am enjoying. Do you know? What a, do you know what a white dog whiskey is? Do you know what white dog is? White dog. No, I. I'm gonna educate you. So this is a quick education because normally we're almost done here. So whiskey actually has only got the color that it has and aged aged in a barrel because of the fact that we used to ship barrels. You'd get you might get a pickle barrel out of you know Maryland. We're talking about Maryland. Maybe get a pickle barrel out of Maryland going to Kentucky. And when the barrel would get to Kentucky, they needed to reuse it to put the whiskey in. But you can't put the whiskey in there because it's got all this pickle flavor in it. So what they would do is they would singe the inside of the barrel to burn that out of it so that it didn't taste like that. And then they would put the whiskey in. Whiskey is clear, folks. Real whiskey is clear when it first comes out. It does not have a brown color to it. Whiskey is clear. That's where that term white dog comes from. This would get then poured into the barrel. And by the time it got back, from Kentucky and got back to the East coast, it had absorbed out of the wood and the charring and all those things, the flavoring went into it. And now it was Kentucky bourbon or Kentucky whiskey or whatever it was, Tennessee whiskey. So we have 68 whiskey from new Scotland spirits with us today. And the term 68 whiskey is because our friend over there, Jesse, he was in the army. I can't save them all. We can't all be Marines like me, but Jesse was in the army and, 68 whiskey is the nomenclature for an army medic. So this will cure you. So make sure you go out and get you some Helderberg uh, whiskey. Did you know any of that, Steve, or did I just blow your mind? The mind has been blown. It, I, somebody I grew up 40 minutes away from uh, the, the politician, Denver Riggleman in Virginia, who he has a, a distillery actually at this area is, definitely wine country but i love hearing about these different whiskeys out there and oh yeah. there's people who do whiskey you know who do podcasts about these things i feel oh, like that could be something you'd nail they're they're all over that stuff but and then get ready folks we've got another great show show next wednesday 8 p.m eastern standard time but i also want to talk about what we've got coming up we've got a new special we don't know how many episodes we're going to do a do them on saturday we have Starting on August 5th, we have uh, Second, Front Enter Second Front Entertainment presents After the Lights Go Out. This is going to be a show talking with athletes, professionals that have reached the highest peak of whatever they do, whatever their, their sport is. But now they no longer can do it for whatever reason. They've retired from it. It's not available to them anymore, whether it be just retirement or injury, whatever the case may be. They don't do it anymore. And what was that transition like? We've all seen the where are they nows and all that. But this is more focused on, hey, you know, what did this, what was this like? And we're also not just having the athletes, spouses. So their first episode is going to be Marquise Ogden, who played for the Baltimore Ravens, brother of Hall of Famer Jonathan wow. Ogden. Uh, and we're going to have, and, and Nate, you'll have to fix me with her name. She's a sweetheart. I love talking to her online. Uh, Amira, I-M-A-R-A. Imara, Imara, she'll correct me because I'm horrible with names. Lewis, who is Jamal, uh, Jermaine Lewis's wife, former Baltimore Ravens uh, return man and wide receiver from the Super Bowl champion. Absolute uh, Ravens. Oh, absolute beast. Like, I mean, remember at one point in time, it was Jermaine, Jamal, and Ray Lewis all on the same team. That was, oh, man, that brings me back. I think about they played that ad um, for, I don't know if you would even remember the, the Lewis, Lewis, Lewis ad. Yeah. 
But yeah, there there was that one, and then there was a, a restaurant called Awful Arthur's that played yep. that kick return in the Super Bowl against the Giants of his. Yep, every day you'd see it come on, and I, I was into the Ravens winning because they it was good for the area that I grew up in, you know, oh, Virginia, yeah. Maryland, and the Redskins were never DMV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the DMV, Maryland, Virginia, the DMV. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Rest in peace. Dan Snyder, uh, your career, I certainly so, hope that the door oh, hits you in the ass as hard as it could. It won't It won't bother him because it's all padded with billions of dollars. Remember, that man got paid. That man got paid so much money. That's a whole nother conversation in and of itself. But make sure uh, you join us August Saturday, August 5th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for that show, folks. You'll be able to join us live, ask questions, be involved. So now don't log off on me, Steve, right afterwards. we got to talk for a minute. But as we do on every one of these shows, the guest always gets the final word. So what's your final word for us, Steve? Go out there and you might uh, not be the Steve, but it's because I am the Steve. Uh, Just be yourself. Go and enjoy. Every era has something good about it that you appreciate even more after it's behind you and enjoy the present work on yourself every day don't be afraid to take risks and i speak to comics when i say that i speak to anybody uh, sports fans actual athletes whoever if you're a preacher if you're just somebody who's a grave digger i don't care what you're doing get up and believe in your cause, whatever is keeping you going, because that's what life is all about. And I definitely am happy that I'm, I I love to plug good alcohol out there, but I'm getting into close to my 21st month of no drinking, which is crazy. So I, I definitely want people to, if they're going to be enjoying themselves on August 5th, uh, do not drink and drive. Even if you are, celebrating the shit out of Jake Paul losing to Nate Diaz. I hope you guys are enjoying yourselves uh, as you tune into these podcasts at a later time. This has been so, man, I've had such a freaking good time tonight. We will do it again. Sounds like a plan to me. All righty, folks, be sure to push your stool in. This has been a Second Front Podcast presentation found on Apple, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found.